waves get lost in the ocean. Seven billion swimmers, man, I'm going through the motions. Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hey, it's Nancy Yerald, and welcome to my show. So happy to have you guys here with me. Every week, you know, we try to bring a good guest that will enlighten your mind and your soul. And this week, we have another fantastic guest. We are so blessed. And her name is Noah Belling. She's going to teach us how to calm our mind and our body and connect them and keep ourselves a little more relaxed than than we usually are in our daily um tasks that we do. And before um, I bring her on, you know, she has a wonderful book out and all my guests are, I'm so fortunate, many of them have written wonderful books that, uh, that try to help us elevate our consciousness and, and bring us up to a more kinder um, level here in our crazy world that we have today. Anyway, so her book is called The Mindful Body, which I, I've read it and it's very interesting and it's something you guys should pick up. It's Build Emotional Strength and Manage Stress with Body Mindfulness by Noah Belling. And Noah is actually joining us today from um, South Africa. But before we bring her on, I want to read a little bit from her book because there's so many cool things. And what I'm going to read to you today is called Visual Visual for boosting self-esteem and we all have that issue so here we go sit back and relax and here we go who are the people you carry with you in your mind take a few moments to scan your mind for who might be with you today as part of how we are wired for connection we gather in our minds a community of people who have made an impression on us this allows us to call them to mind at will and feel as if they are with us. It's how a baby comes to remember that their mother still exists when she's not in the room. And it's how we learn to tell friend from foe. This ability is a function of mirror neurons that allow our brains and bodies to record images of key people in our lives. This is really cool. These mental photographs capture how they look, feel, and sound to us. As we move through life, our internal community grows. In this way, we are always accompanied by the imagined presence of many people. For some, however, the influence is not always positive. Many of us have had negative experiences that we have also internalized. Perhaps these experiences started in early in life and were based on other people's reactions to us. These memories can turn into a loud inner critic or old familiar and upsetting feelings visiting us regularly and making us feel awful. Luckily, we have it in us to sway our internal community towards the positive. By consciously bringing to mind people that make us feel good about ourselves. They are the people, real or imagined, who truly love us and value us and make us feel safe. We can also add loved pets or spiritual figures or anyone or anything that feels supportive. Filling our minds with these positive influences can be a buffer against negativity from the outside, from the inside out. They can help us to feel supported even when we are on our own, and these influences can boost our self-confidence and self-worth when we need a lift. 
And this is just a piece of Noah Belling's book that I'm reading today. And let me give you a little information about her. Noah holds a master's degree in somatic or mind-body psychology through Naropa University, which is the birthplace of the modern mindfulness movement. Her background includes over a decade of teaching applied somatic psychological skills, as well as running a private psychotherapy practice. She's the best-selling author of a yoga book, Yoga, A Union of Mind and Body, and Yoga for Ideal Weight and Shape. Her books have sold hundreds of thousands of copies worldwide and are translated into many languages. Welcome to the show, Noah Belling. Thank you for having me. I am so excited that you're here. And where are you today? You're joining us from Africa, from South Africa, correct? That's correct, from a beautiful city called Cape Town. Oh, wonderful. Now, how long have you been there, Noah? I grew up in Cape Town. I've lived and studied and spent time in various parts of the world. And at this point in time, Cape Town is my home again. Wow. Now, how did you get into this type of work? I mean, how did you, I mean, obviously you started somewhere. What brought you to start writing books about the mindful body and starting to understand that the mind and the body are connected? I mean, tell us your story. Mm. I started out as a dancer. My first passion was ballet dancing, which was actually my first career. And I believe that a spark was ignited then when I would stand backstage and feel like my ordinary self full of all my worries and all my self-doubt. And then I would step on that stage and step into another persona, into my role I'd feel my breath flowing, I'd feel the presence of the audience, and my entire mood and state of mind would shift in a moment. Many years later, reflecting back on these experiences, they really influenced my thinking to go, hey, this is psychology. This is another way that we can influence our state of mind. And years down the line, I landed up studying psychology and then pursuing a master's degree that allowed me to integrate my history of dance and yoga that I picked up along the way with psychology, understanding the intricate and exciting and complex and simple way, and I'll maybe give you a little taste of that as we go through the show. Someone called it simplexity. Is it so simple when we place our awareness in our body and we go, my goodness, that's how I'm feeling. And if I take a deep breath, Wow, I open up a little bit. My head clears a little bit. It's so simple. And someone once called it simplexity. Is it so simple and yet it's actually so complex. But the beauty of it is is this mind-body connection discovered through dance, learned deeper through psychology, and now with an opportunity to share these amazing skills through the books that I write. Yeah, it was really, I, as I read your book, you know, I, I believe in a lot of the stuff that you speak about. Um, you talk about energy, but in the very beginning, you say what drives you and, and you talk about greeting your body and the power of touch. And, and it makes me realize that we all need that human touch. Can you talk a little mm. bit about that, about mm. greeting your body and, and, and tell the audience a little bit about the power of touch and why it's so important? Mm. So our nervous system 
is fed by touch. And to start with, I'd like to invite you and the listeners to try something out so that okay. you're not just listening, that you can personalize this. I'd like you to take your hands and place them on your head. Perhaps put your two hands on the sides of your head, or you can hold the back and the front of your head. Just hold for a few moments and let your breathing be natural. We're going to hold, we're going to move through a few different body greetings, holding different palms. And then move your hands over your heart, wherever it feels best on your chest. Okay, I'm doing and noticing, it. <laughs> yeah, noticing how that influences you. I'm going to move through a couple. And then give you know, your arms a rub. Give your arms a rub. rub. Okay. And I'm curious, even as you're beginning to explore this, we'll do a couple more in a moment. Yes, what's, what's happening for you, Nancy? I'm curious well, as you begin. Yeah, well, my head got really warm because I've got my headphones on, so I had to do mm. the front and back. And, and my head got really warm all of a sudden. So I don't know. That, yeah. was, that was odd. And then I, I do something called the heart drop, which when you put your hand on your heart, it makes you kind of relax just like mm. don't you think yeah. I don't know and then the I, arms it was just kind of like maybe self-love I guess mm. so some of the science behind it is that self-touch or the touch of others stimulates what's called oxytocin which is our snuggle or cuddle or intimacy hormone in a matter of seconds so if we place a hand on our head or over our heart or on our arms Simply that contact, it can feel warming okay. and it's, it releases oxytocin. So in a few moments, we feel this greater intimacy with ourselves, maybe a little calmer. And oxytocin is a feel-good hormone. And in relation to stress hormones, you can either have stress hormones or feel-good hormones. They're okay. like counterbalance each other. So as soon as we raise the levels of, in this case, our oxytocin, we are decreasing our stress levels, decreasing anxiety, decreasing a sense of burden, helping us maybe take a deep breath. It's almost well, like coming home. Yeah. You know, I will tell you now, since I did this... <laughs> You know, I'm always a little nervous at the beginning of every show, even though, you know, I've done this a lot of times, but you're always a little nervous. But I will tell you that what you just had me do really calmed me down and made me more uh, at a peaceful place. Absolutely. I call them mindful body moments. Neuroscience is showing us that you can alter your state of mind by simply using 20 seconds, 20 to 30 seconds of an intervention like self-supportive touch. Okay. So what you've just done is actually begin to shift your internal experience to be calmer. And the more we use this, take these 20-second moments in the day, in this case using self-supportive touch. And we can touch anywhere. There are lots of different options. In my book, I mention a number from top to toe that you could yeah. choose from. Yes. They all will help you to feel calmer. And the more frequently we take these little mini breaks in our day, the more we can really ingrain this as our state of mind. We can rewire our brain. We can shift our biochemistry in our body towards feel-good hormones. We can help 
this experience become more sustainable? Well, yeah, because... Mm. Yeah. And I don't mean to interrupt you, but as I read your book, I will tell you, you know, I'm one of these people, I I speak with my body, I work through my body, everybody does, but I can feel it. And if I'm really like into something, I can feel the tenseness, you know, that's in there. So as you go through your book, it actually makes you realize that, hey, we need to to really think about and be conscious about um, how we are holding our body. But listen, we will be back here in a few minutes. We're going to learn more of these really cool exercises because this actually just helped me, you guys, a whole lot. (laughs) It's called the Mindful Body. And we have Noah Belling with us today. And um, you can get her book, I'm sure, on Amazon. We'll be right back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30-minute coaching session for free to get you on your high road. It's Here are some tips from the popular UK internet site, BuzzFeed, to help make your life a little more fun. Next time you catch a cold, try adding a touch of magic by holding a handful of glitter in front of your mouth just before you sneeze. By the way, here's a word coined by a Canadian disc jockey for that feeling you get just before you sneeze. Anticipation. Hey, slang is just language with its sleeves rolled up. The actual medical term for sneezing is sternutation. Here's a suggestion from one expert for making a cell phone last longer. You can double the battery life of your cell phone by simply putting the darn thing down. Well, that's plain old rumble gumption, which is another word for common sense. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to The High Road. Welcome back. This is Nancy Arald, and we're here today with Noah Belling, and she has a wonderful book called The Mindful Body, Build Emotional Strength and Manage Stress with Body Mindfulness. Noah, where can um, the audience pick up your book? How do they get in touch with you? Can you give out some of your information, please? Mm Mm-hmm. The book is available internationally, online, and in bookstores. I have a website. My website is Noah Belling, which is N-O-A-B-E-L-L-I-N-G.com. And the publisher, Rockpool Publishing, is also a great resource to find out what's going on and learn more about this book and others. Thank you. You know, uh, during the break, I was asking if you would share with the audience, I read your book and, you know, the whole section where you talk about the frequencies of our brain waves and there's different frequencies and the beta, the alpha, the theta, the gamma. Would you mind taking a moment and kind of going through those um, frequencies and explaining to us what the meaning or, or how, I guess, I guess what I want to achieve a higher frequency. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's kind of selfish. I'm asking you, Bella, how, how do you, how do you know some of these things? Okay. So this fascinated me almost like a map of our internal world. So I'll talk you through most of the time people, your listeners, 
or myself, we go through life and we're thinking a lot. We're thinking a lot about our to-do lists, about what we need to do. We're figuring things out. And this mode that we normally move through our day has a corresponding brainwave that is fairly fast, and it's called the beta or beta brainwave frequency. Okay. And this frequency is all the brainwave frequencies are wonderful and useful and they have their place and we need them all. As okay. a matter of fact, through a healthy life, we actually need to transition through a healthy day. We need to transition between these. So this is your focused, awake, interactive space. One down from there, when we begin to calm our minds to come, let's say we go for a walk out in the garden or we go for a walk in a forest and begin to breathe in some fresh air, or if you are a yoga practitioner or a meditator or a surfer, you, you begin to calm your mind when you're in that zone of starting to be quieter. And that's your alpha brainwave that comes in next. It's you being more calm and relaxed. Okay. It's beginning to come into your body, beginning to be able to be more aware, for example, that you're breathing, your body will feel calmer. And below this, as we're falling asleep at night, we transition through, and as we're waking up in the morning, through a brainwave frequency which is associated with dreaming, called your theta brainwave frequency. And this huh. is as your, yes, you, you're welcome to ask any questions. Yeah, Margaret. well. Well, because, yeah, you do a whole, and we'll get to that, but you do a whole chapter on dreams because, mm. yeah, and that interests me too, and we'll talk about that, but this is the dream state. And and I guess I want to ask a question. So they, so now they're able to measure the, what is it, the hertz? The, yes. The, okay. So by measuring this, what are we finding out, for example? In my view, to keep things quite simple, I like to visualize it as if they are measuring the amount of electrical activity in your brain as okay. you are thinking. It's quite busy. It's like you're seeing a monitor screen with a, um, with a marker that's going up and down and up and down and up and down, making a jagged line quite quickly. When you enter an alpha state, it gives you a way to visualize and to literally measure a calmer, more curving, wavy line. Okay. As you get even calmer, this line begins to calm and stretch out even further, as if you start losing a, a connection with time and space when you go into theta, like when we go into dreaming, and actually our emotions often um, land up stimulating theta waves where we feel a close relationship between what we're feeling and our imagination. We tend to associate our images with our feelings. We're feeling upset. We have a picture of what's going on to go with it. We're feeling angry. We've got an image of the target of our, of our anger. So as we get into this emotional space, it has a particular look and feel in terms of the way that they're measuring it. Um, okay. on the ECGs, how they measure the, the frequencies. When you get even to a deeper state of relaxation, this is when you're fast asleep. Okay. When you're fast asleep is your quieter state of mind. There's nothing to do. Your mind is not thinking. You are not feeling any emotions. You're not dreaming any dreams. There's just stillness 
and quiet. And actually, very practiced meditators can achieve this state of delta brainwaves even while they're awake. And it has been described as crystal clear clarity. Wow. Simplicity and clarity. And now, that's where and that's where intuition yes. comes in, right? Yes, and this close relationship between delta and gamma. Gamma is this interesting frequency that has been discovered more recently. It used to be considered a high beta because it's very fast again. Suddenly, okay. the frequency is going super fast, even faster than beta. And what they've discovered is that what happens usually when you're in the zone, usually when you hit a relaxed space or you're in creative flow or you're absorbed in a conversation, these are times we can all have moments of experiencing gamma. Now, what is gamma? Gamma is when your brain is synchronizing in its function. Your brain is firing on all cylinders. All parts of your brain are communicating. And there are times when you are receptive to insight, to inspiration. It's like our genius comes forward. So it's like a super thinking you put in the book. It's like when we're at our best. Now, do we do people achieve this through and you said through doing different maybe I do something I really like and that's how I would uh, achieve it or would I need to be in a meditative state in order to achieve this? No. Here's what here's what I love about the gamma brainwave frequency. The studies of Buddhist monks in okay. meditation show that they are most likely to achieve the gamma frequency when they are meditating on loving kindness. Yeah, when the it all comes involved. back to that, loving yes. kindness. Exactly. And <laughs> so the more we can build our sense of loving kindness, and I'll give a little exercise for that in a moment. Okay. The more we are going to have access to our gamma brainwaves. When we're feeling that warm, loving feelings, our brain loves it. Our nervous system is eating it up. We have so many benefits besides the gamma brainwave frequency to our health, to our happiness, to our insight to our brain functioning and there is a link also to the gamma brain waves obviously the meditators have better access to the these super super thinking super right, loving right. brain waves but even any of us in the moments when we're stressed on a chaotic morning i have young children under the age of 10 on a chaotic morning if i remember to pause place my hand on my heart take a breath and just remember to come from a place of love in a few seconds, I remember one morning my daughter would not put her shoes on and I was losing <laughs> my mind. She needed to get to school and older sister needed to get to school. And I remembered, I placed my hand on my heart. I felt that deep breath. I placed a smile on my face, even if I was faking it. And in a matter of seconds, I was it like, changed. okay, this is not the end of the world. She can put her shoes on in the car. Oh, you know what? She can go bare feet and off we went. <laughs> you know, we've all been there. I've had children do that to me too. Mine are older <laughs> now, but they did that. But if I would have known to just stop, in the moment. This is what's so cool about your book and what you're teaching us because I had a daughter and for some reason you're going to crack up. <laughs> she had to make sure the lines on her socks, and she'll listen to this and laugh if she listens to my show. She's in her 30s now, but she had to make sure that the lines were perfectly straight before she would put her shoes on. And this almost <laughs> drove me crazy. And if I would have known, Noah, just to stop and put my hands on my heart and, and take that breath, I think it would have saved me a lot of anguish. But thank you for that. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but one thing I, and as you're telling this, I'm thinking, okay, so we want to reach that gamma level, but 
when we do, we're actually healing our body. Isn't that proper? Is that right? Absolutely. There are so many benefits that are being proven from the practice of love loving kindness, from building compassion, that the list is endless to our physical health, our immunity, our digestion, to our emotional health and our ability to relate to others, to the functioning of our brain that becomes optimized. The list is endless. Now, Mm. let me ask you this. So if this is the case, and I kind of think outside the box a little bit, you probably figured that out. Um, (laughs) what, What happens So if I do my meditation and I really focus my meditation on compassion for others, um, Hmm. love for others, kindness for others, as well as myself, then is that a way to reach this um, state, I guess I should say, more than anything? Absolutely. And shall we say humbly that we achieve a certain degree of that state in our sort of normal humanity and those who really go into meditation retreats and work the state deeply can achieve it to much greater heights, like the stories of the yogis or the Buddhist monks and some of them with special right. abilities. Right. So yes, with, with, with humbleness, absolutely. It can make the difference in a matter of seconds to the way we go about our day. And how much or how little gamma brainwave frequencies are involved, all I know is I think more clearly, I have more compassion, I feel a greater sense of flow, and life just feels a bit better. So what do you do, Noah? I mean, how do you, do you sit there and and you meditate and that's what you do? You meditate on all of these things that we're talking about, compassion and love and kindness, and that's how you get yourself there? I have been through many phases. And there are times when I have steeped myself in yoga, the physical practice of yoga, and also in various meditation practices and done many retreats. And my current passion, perhaps as a parent leading a busy life, is how to weave into my day micro moments of tuning in with, in this case, compassion or raising those oxytocin levels through a bit of self-supportive touch. I call them, as I said, mindful body moments. So for me in a morning, some mornings, yes, I get up early enough and I do a little sitting meditation, scan my body from top to toe. I like to include this to really notice where I'm holding tension to center and ground myself. And then I would place a hand on my heart and visualize love to surround myself and spread outwards. And other days I've just got a few seconds and that's when we've, I like the hand on the heart. Yeah, we've got like two minutes here. Give us one of your, um, something that we can learn to do that will help us. And you said the hand on the heart. I really like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start with a quick body scan. I invite you and the listeners to scan your body relatively quickly from head to toe. And just notice if there are areas of any of tension Perhaps take a deep breath and just loosen up any areas to help yourself sit or stand, depending, more comfortably. Okay, we've only got about 30 seconds. And then place a hand on your heart when you're feeling a little more relaxed. Place a small smile on your face. And just notice how you might feel, visualizing love towards yourself and others. And notice the warmth and notice. I feel it. (laughs) We'll be right back. 
You subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download directly from Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, so you never miss an episode of The High Road. cannot live by bread alone. He must have his peanut butter. Peanut butter is a pate of childhood, and it's not just for kids as dogs love it too. Last night I gave my dog a pill hidden in peanut butter. What's a word for a messy concoction that helps the medicine go down? Sliver sauce. Mice apparently prefer peanut butter to cheese when it comes to luring them into the trap. But there are even more practical uses for peanut butter. Peanut butter contains natural oils, which makes it perfect for removing all kinds of sticky things, like gum stuck in your shoe or in your hair. What's a word for the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth? Arachibutophobia. And according to Barry Goldwater, if you don't mind smelling like peanut butter for two or three days, peanut butter is a darn good shaving cream. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hey, welcome back to my show. And this is Nancy here out here. Hey, listen, if you get an opportunity, pick up my book. I don't promote it as much as I should, but it's really good. It's called Wake Up. The Universe is Speaking to You, and you can pick it up at Amazon or at Barnes & Noble. So check that out. Today, we have a wonderful guest. Her name is Noah Belling. She's joining us from, it's Cape Town, is that right, Noah? In yeah. uh in South Africa, her book is called The Mindful Body, and she was just, right before we went to break, she was having us put our hands on our heart and just spending a couple minutes there, and what a relaxing thing that you can do for yourself during the day, and it's just wonderful. And I was just sharing with Noah that there are so many people out there with so many wonderful gifts, and it's so nice um, to learn more things to help us in our daily lives because our lives can be really stressful. Um, no, there was one thing in your book that I wanted to talk about, and you do a whole um, a chapter on posture. Can you changing your posture? And I did. I loved it because I stood like Wonder Woman. But, <laughs> but can you give some of the that's one of the postures, you guys, is standing like Wonder Woman. But can you give some of the postures and why they work and, and how because it really does work, by the way. All right. So let's stand in all four of them and then I'll explain them. So I invite you and the listeners to place your hands on your hips, puff your chest up and hold your head up high. Breathe easily. Be careful not to hold your breath as you moving postures. So this one's Wonder Woman. You're standing tall and proud. Your hands are on your hips. Your chest is puffed. Your head's up high. Now to contrast that, place your hand on your heart, which we were doing just a few moments ago. And notice how your state of mind and how you feel might shift. Then raise your arms up high, reach up to the sky, take a nice deep breath. You can even wriggle and jiggle your arms around a little bit. To really I'm jiggling. <laughs> and then okay. finally, bring your hands to a prayer pose in front of you. So we moved through four postures here. I'm curious, Nancy, what you noticed just through changing your posture. 
an easy question is which one did you like best right now and why? I liked when I put my hands way up in the air and then down to the prayer. Mm, what did you like about it? I felt more like I was excited, but then I went back down to my calm. Mm. Yeah, that's a great life skill, by the way, to be able to be excited and then come back to your calm. That yeah. Yeah, that was, and I do like remembering to stand up, you know, you talk about how athletes, um, stand up straight and put their hands on their hips and, and it's, it makes us sure of ourselves. And, you know, when we go out into life, when we stand up straight, I I can remember a time where somebody said to me, you, you know, you're slouching, right? And I didn't even realize I was slouching, but you know, when you, and my mother used to always say, you know, put your shoulders back, stand up straight, put your chest out. But it's interesting when you do that. It, you feel different about yourself. Yeah. So let me give you a little bit of the, some information to back it. Did you know there was Harvard research done on this Wonder Woman pose? When you stand with your hands on your hips, puff your chest up, hold your head up high for a matter of two minutes, I even find less sometimes, it raises your testosterone levels in men and women, which is related to, it gives you a confidence boost Mm -hmm. and it lowers your cortisol levels, which means your anxiety is reduced. So talk about a great way to prep for an interview or if you need to go on stage and speak, do some public speaking, or if you need to confront someone who's really challenging, puff your chest up, take a deep breath, stand there for a minute or two and allow your confidence to be raised and your anxiety to be lowered. So we can really use these postures to help us. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, and then, I've mm. done these and, and you're exactly right. I mean, it does make a difference. You feel different. Exactly. And then we want to contrast that because some people who are really confident and assertive, kind of those dominant personalities out there, they might need a little bit of the hand to the heart. Okay. What does this convey? It raises our oxytocin, our nice loving kindness. It is all about sincerity and caring. It helps us to feel more caring towards ourselves and others to raise that compassion. That's kind of your heart drop is drop into your heart and send a little love to yourself and others. Okay. And you say send it to yourself and others. And a lot of people mm-hmm. forget to send it to themselves. And that's why I'm bringing yeah. this up. Because, and I used to be one of those people. So it's it's apparent to me, sometimes people don't realize it's okay to send the love to yourself because you need it too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not an ego thing. It's it's a no. self-love thing and it's okay. And it's helpful. And um, I think our chemistry, you know, you talk a lot about, and, and I wanted to bring this up because it was interesting to me. You talk about little babies and how, um, and I may be getting ahead of myself a, a little mm-hmm. bit, but in the process of what we're talking about today, but you talk about little children and how when they're held really tightly and, you know, um, they feel secure, but when you have a baby that is not held that much, um, it's a different, they feel different and they grow up different. And the reason I'm asking you this is, wasn't it, gosh, years ago, and I want to say probably 30, 40 years ago, when they came out with the, what was it, Spock that said, you're not supposed to pick mm. up kids, you're supposed to let them cry. And I wanted you to talk about that a little bit, because that used to be what people said, but now that's not the deal anymore, is it? Yes. And we have to go easy with the people who did read Dr. Spock, because okay. <laughs> everyone does the best that they can with the information that they have. 
And the current neuroscience is really promoting more of an attachment parenting style because our nervous system is nourished by touch. So when we do not have physical touch as babies, our nervous system tends to feel uncontained and the experience is stressful. So we need our parents to come in and give us that physical touch and holding when we need comfort. And there have been some studies that say, in monkeys, for example, that a monkey will gravitate to the furry mother rather than a wire mother who has food. We need it so much for our survival. So it's, it's absolutely key. Our nervous system and our skin develop from the same tissue in utero. And so there's a very, we, we have this wonderful ability to soothe ourselves and each other through touch. And because we can't, as adults, depend on the touch from others as much as we might need it, our own hands can provide as effective food for our nervous system to help us feel contained and soothed, all that good stuff. So for the people who didn't, whose parents read the book <laughs> and they, and they mm -hmm. let them cry, what do you suggest for those people to do self-touch? Absolutely. And, you know, it might have developed the personality towards more of an individual, self-sufficient approach to life. In other words, if I cry, I need to figure out how to soothe myself because my parents were told to leave me alone. So the result is we actually develop our brain slightly differently okay. and we develop our emotional. And there's a big valuing in our society on self-sufficiency. And nowadays through neuroscience, there's this wonderful influence saying we need each other. Right. We need the holding, we need the support, we need the contact and connection because that's what nourishes us to feel secure. You opened the program with a self-esteem building exercise and isn't right. it interesting that it draws on those people who we carry inside of us because that feeds our sense of ourselves and our self-esteem so much. Right, and who we are. Yeah, and it's so interesting because... Um, and that's why I'm doing the show. I have to tell you that because we're so disconnected. Um, mm. Yeah. And, and we're, we're all like a me, me, me. And that's not what it's about. It's about everybody. It's about us. It's about, we need each other. We actually need each other. And we've become a society. And I, I don't know how you feel about this, but it really feels like we're all so separate and we're all so special in our own way, but that's not how it's supposed to be. We're all supposed to be connected. Mm. And the beginning of connecting can be through, a, for example, a touch to the heart, raise those oxytocin levels, help us build that intimacy inside our own bodies. And just like that, we can feel a little more connected with others too. So it's the beautiful way that these tools that are things we can use with ourselves really can shift our minds so that we feel more connected. And it's so important, for example, if we are online or on computers or connecting with others through our phones, to also make time for that face-to-face -face connection with the people that are special to us. And to remember to keep our hands on our hearts because if we're not used to connecting in a harmonious way, sometimes we can let our let our stresses and strains get in the way of our ability to connect. So this is these are such wonderful and helpful tools that we can use on the 
spot to remind us. Yeah. And you talk about different, you talk about confrontation and when you're getting to an argument with somebody or somebody starts to argue with you, you talk about, um, one of you has to be the same person in the room because if there's two people arguing and they're at the same level, nothing happens. And I think that I laughed. I thought that's about the truth. But if you, yeah. if you have one person that can remain calm, you talk about mirroring the other person and what they're doing and making them feel like what they're saying is important. Can you talk about that a little bit? I thought that was super interesting that you talked about that in your book. Hmm. So there are many techniques that we can use on the spot. If we're really caught up in the heat of the moment, really feeling our two feet on the ground can help be an instant grounding. Just remember like, hey, just ground, let my energy flow downwards so that I can be more present. And then really listening attentively to others in terms of mirroring what another person is, is saying or how their body language is communicating, we that that helps others feel heard and understood. So once we've grounded and, and centered, calmed ourselves a little bit, then if we can turn our attention to the other and go, wow, I can really feel, and you can mirror this little in your body language, I, I, I can really see that you're upset or that you're angry. Help me understand your point of view. If you can do that, that's a really mature, big thing to do that can turn the feelings around in a matter of a moment. Because often arguments are just because two people are seeing things completely different. And when right. one goes, right. let, me, let me try and understand, then that can shift so that maybe the other person will also seek to understand your perspective after. I really like that because, yeah, uh, a lot of us, we just have a tendency to immediately just will start spewing our, our words instead of really listening to the other person. And, and, and I thought that was wonderful advice. If you could just be the one person to calm down and listen and let that person know that you hear them. I think that yeah. was the biggest aha moment that I got out of. And you talk about mirroring their um their behavior or their stance, you know, because mm. when you do that, then you are kind of feeling like they do when you get into that vibration. I don't know. I just thought that was really cool stuff. <laughs> so we're here today, you guys, with Noah Belling, and she's teaching us some really awesome stuff. And, and she's connecting the body and the mind, which it's connected, but we don't really think of it that way. So I think it's awesome that she's here today. Um, we'll be back in a few more minutes. If you want to get her book, you can get it at amazon.com. And she does have a website. It's noabelling.com. Is that correct? Yes. All right. And we'll see you back here in just a moment. Thanks, Noah. We're so excited to have you on the show today. You're teaching us such great things. I'm so pleased. Yes. Thank you for being here. Is there anything more that you particularly would like? We'll be right back with The High Road and more. Don't forget to visit Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to sign up for her intuitive personal coaching program or to book a psychic reading. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. 
With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Years ago, some fishermen off the coast of Italy discovered some pottery along with fish in their nets. Divers were called out and discovered an ancient Roman ship whose galley, or caboose, a nautical term for kitchen, was extremely intact. Some of the food uncovered on board was pickled fish, wine, oil, and grain used to make the ship's biscuits, otherwise known as dandy funks. It is thought the 2,000-year-old boat was probably on its way to Spain when it sunk and was covered by layers of mud, baggy wrinkles, and all. Baggy wrinkles are another name for the ship's ropes. The mud protected the ship from wear, explaining why the leftover food on board was still in such good condition. We land lovers may not be familiar with leftovers on the sea, but we are familiar with leftovers in our kitchen. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Welcome back, and we're here today with Noah Belling, and she's teaching us little different things that we can do to relax our bodies and our minds, and it sure helps heal us. And um, I was asking her um, during the break if she would talk to us a little bit. She talks about our higher self, and and what's your feeling? You know, a lot of people talk about your higher self, and, and a lot of people can connect to their higher self. Can you give us your take on that, Noah? Hmm. I'm going to link it to the to the changing your posture piece. Anytime we experience an emotion, our posture reflects. And in the chapter where I talk about our emotions and turning to the body, I look at various ways that we can become aware of our state by looking at how our body is shaping around it. So if we tune into a higher self, like if you even imagine now a higher self, or becoming a higher self, notice how it might make you sit and how it may, might make you feel. And when we can access these kind of feelings, it can actually spark in our brains new avenues for thinking. Because anytime we change our posture, we begin to think differently. So our higher self is simply a matter of going, I invite myself to sit as my higher self. And then it can be a great way to have a conversation even with yourself to say, well, I've got this really difficult decision to make. What would my higher self tell me? For some, in some instances, it's nice to even have a separate chair that you move to and you become your higher self and you can give yourself a piece of advice. That's really Like cool. it might say, well, I know that this is something you really, yeah, something you really want, but in truth, this, in truth, this is not right for your life right now or whatever it might be, is this idea that we can shift our posture and, and literally think different to be able to make better decisions and guide our lives. I love that. So if you have a question to ask, it's always nice to sit down, relax, and ask. get into that posture and ask your higher self and then just wait for the answer. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think yeah. that's wonderful. You know, you also talk about some visualizations um, that you can do that, to represent loving care and support for yourself. Um, and we were talking earlier about, you know, if you weren't um, really uh, cuddled or whatever, that you can visualize. And that's what I talked about in the beginning, that you can visualize um different things for yourself so you do feel comfortable. Um, and, and that really kind of made a difference for me. I thought, wow, even if you didn't have anybody around or you were by yourself, if you could do a good visualization, it changes you as well, correct? Absolutely. Our brain is very, they call it neuroplasticity, or it's very open to being changed through visualization. It's well, of our brain that that is very receptive to change so i can i can offer a brief visualization yes so if you would like to increase your sense of i'll, I'll use i'll actually use something called the kind eyes that you expressed an interest in in our conversation as well if you are feeling like the world outside is your enemy and you feel very much unsure of how you'll be received or like you're going to be received badly, taking a moment to visualize the kindest eyes that you know of looking at you and looking into you. You might even mm -hmm. have a picture. Some people like to look into the eyes of the Dalai Lama or okay. the eyes of a, of a wonderful grandmother who just had that loving look. It's got to be someone who really speaks to you in that that way or the kindest person and if you visualize that and then the key is to allow your body to feel those feelings to take it one step further to go wow this is warming my then softening my throat down into my chest I'm breathing a bit easier that allows the exercise to really seep into your body and for your brain to register it so and we're then, visualizing so we're visualizing okay. that somebody who has been extremely kind to us whether it's and you, and you call it kind eyes because you want to visualize them looking at you and mm -hmm. so just stay in that place and visualize them looking at you and being kind to you and it will change you, how you feel you'll feel uh, a sense of healing a sense of calm is that Absolutely. right Absolutely and I use the example in the book of a man who wanted to start a restaurant. And every time he would plan or sit down, the answer would always be, I'm too scared. No one's going to like this. This is going to Okay, you're kind of cutting out there. This so, particular so we missed a little bit of that. So he starts a restaurant and he believes that nobody's going to come to the restaurant? Yeah, he believes that his offering is going to be rejected. Okay. Sam's going to like it. And through the practice of a few times a day, just visualizing the kindest, nicest people walking into his restaurant oh, okay. and receiving him with such, such kindness. This is a visualization that I invited him. Allowed him to be able to sit down and just plan his menu. Allowed him to get on with his business plan and actually getting the restaurant started. So He's it moved, can kind of be, excuse yeah. me, an, an icebreaker when we feel stuck to go, well, what if the world weren't like that? So it can help soothe us, soften our internal world and realize that we might be received really well.
Right. And that's with anything, I think. If you can visualize a, a meeting going really well or a phone call going really well, it does. I really believe in visualization. And if you visualize that outcome and really believe it and feel it, it, it works. And so he opened his restaurant and he was successful, yes? He was successful. He did it. He wanted a small restaurant. It wasn't a big franchise. And he loves his work. And the, the main, the exciting piece for me, is that he just needed to be reminded that there not everyone's going to I can be received really really well and you know what he was not by everyone but by enough people to give him really great feedback right to encourage him to continue right and that's what we need sometimes is just the confidence and, and the support to continue you know you talk about ailments and injuries and that a lot of times we can cause our own injuries. Would you speak about that for a moment? Mm. Causing our own injuries is a bit contentious because I believe that our injuries are can be a product of how we live our lives. And nowadays there's a field called epigenetics, for example, that looks at how even what happened in generations before can influence the kind of ailments that we get. So I don't like a blame model to say I did it. And whenever we have an ailment, it can be really interesting to ask, is there a metaphor to my life? So let's say I have a sore throat. What might it be saying? My throat is all about my communication. It's also my connection between my head and my heart. So we look at the literal position of the part that's affected if it were my legs i might ask questions like what is this mirroring right like am i not standing up for myself absolutely so it's like you mentioned louise hay so just to make a few connections rather than giving you some meaning it's saying and here's a really simple way for you to understand your body or look at your body as a collection of parts that all have different roles to play. And when a part is ailing or injured, the possibility is that it's saying something about the way that you're going about your life at the moment. And it could also be an opportunity opening. You might be so, being asked to relax or you might be being asked to really take stock of your life and look at new directions. So it's always emotional when you, and the reason I brought up Louise Hay, and I think I brought it up on break and I'll, I'll share it with the audience. You know, if you're not familiar, she wrote a book years ago called Healed Your Body. And it's interesting because you go through and she'll say, for example, if you're having heartburn and you look it up and it'll tell you why you're having heartburn or, you know, it'll yeah. tell you there's a reason you're, you're having this. And this probably, this goes along with exactly what you're talking about. Now, I've never had anybody say, Noah, that it could be because you're getting prepared for something. That's the first time I've ever heard that. I always thought it was because, you know, there was something emotional. So it's not just always emotional. No, I had a, I I have a friend who uh, suffered cancer and she later on, some years later, said it was her best perspective break, she called it, in order to get her to take stock of her life wanting to live life to the full and live a meaningful life. So it's that kind of thing. It's sometimes when life really shocks you, it's, it's an invitation for you to step into life more fully, to live life to the full. 
Well, no, and that's the truth, because I know people who have survived cancer, and I've heard them say, you know, it changed my life. I'm a whole different person now. But it makes you go inside and become more spiritual, I think. Yeah, could do. I think that's really awesome. You know, you've told us so many cool things and we've only got a couple minutes left, but it, what's a really, can you give us like a really neat exercise if you're at the office or you're in the, in front of the computer all day? Um, what do you suggest we do? What's, what's the easiest, uh, best thing that we could do for ourselves? No. Maybe a few hours or every hour, if you can take a moment, look away from your computer Run your awareness through your body. Notice how you're sitting. Right. Notice areas of tension and just help yourself sit a little more upright, a little more centered and grounded before you continue. That can go a long way to help alleviate our neck strain, our back aches. Things like that. No, the next no. One. Right. Go ahead. And hand to the heart we spoke about. Right. It's a wonderful way just to connect. Do that as many times as you can through the day, every day if you can. It's only got positive effects. Use that one. I love and then, that. Yeah, I just wanted to remind of if you are wanting a confidence boost, stand for a minute or two in your power pose, hands on your, hands on your hips, chest puffed up, head held high, and notice how it can give you that little boost to help you through maybe a challenging presentation or an interview or a conversation. Mm. Noah, do you, so you meet with people, people can make appointments with you. I know you're far away, but you work, I'm sure, um, through phone and Skype. Can you give us the information? How do they find you? My website has my email address and that at the moment is the best way to get a hold of me. So I do run a private practice using Skype as well as in person here in Cape Town. Okay. And yeah, keep up with, with events when I get okay. the opportunity to travel. Maybe I'll get the opportunity to speak in person to some of your listeners. Wonderful. Which would be wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you next week on the high road. Maybe 40 years and I've been ready and willing and able to edit the story. Cause there's so many people here to be so damn lonely. Hey, you guys, join me next week on The High Road for more stories filled with wisdom, love, and hope for our future. Have a fabulous week and know when you stay on The High Road, you make it to your destination. Visit my website at nancyyearout.com where you can sign up for my intuitive life coaching or a psychic reading. If you have any questions, please email me at nancyyearout at gmail.com. That's N-A-N-C-Y-Y-E-A-R-O-U-T at gmail.com. This is Nancy Yearout lighting the way to your high road to success. Right now, I'm switching to a new lane. Foot to the floor, man, searching for the real thing. Somebody else sometimes ain't no shame. Head to the clouds.